Hello and welcome to Bampow TV, your weekly recap for hella sad shows. We are here to talk about everything sad this week, honestly, because Winona was a downer, Jessica Jones was not very happy, Luke Cage was uh, and then, well, I assume Preacher was batshit crazy. And violent. There's and violent. no feelings on yeah. that show. It's nope. just violence and um, crazy. It's fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, how was Cloak and Dagger? Also sad. Also hey! fucking sad. Quadfecta of sadness. Yeah, we cried a lot. Watching these this week. Yeah. Yay. It was stupid. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's jump in with Luke Cage, season two, episode five, all sold out. And uh, we open up with Luke getting served and sued for lots of money. Because uh, cockroach is a cockroach. Hey, man, you know, if some meta beat me up, I, I would probably try to sue him. I don't really? care. Really? I mean, th- this scenario presupposes that he is a bad guy. Oh, sure. But then if if I'm him in this scenario, I also would be a bad guy, and I'd want to get some money from it. That's so. true. His logic is without fault, and I hate that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, Luke starts calling around, uh, looking for some sponsorship type stuff, mm-hmm. and gets in touch with Raymond Jones, a.k.a. Piranha, a.k.a. the dude who helped... Uh, Mariah. My God, why can I not remember her name? You're suddenly Uh, Malia and you can't remember anything. No, dude, like every week, I just want to call her Dillard and I cannot remember. Just call her Dillard. That's fine. I don't know. What do we care? I I don't know. I feel like she deserves more respect. She needs her first name. Okay, anyway, Dillard. She Uh, runs guns and drugs at the community center and she murdered her cousin. No, they they never did drugs. Sorry, just guns. She sold off the uh, gun business. And yeah, she would say guns and also coochie. Yeah. Cooch. You gotta get that cooch. Would have been better if they sold booze too, because that could have been hooch and cooch, and that would be a great band name. Title, uh, title of my sex tape. Yeah, <laughs> hooch and cooch. Actually, title of my R and B rock group. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Piranha offers to pay Luke Cage hundred thousand dollars to show up at his. Well, no, he says, "How much do you want?" Oh, and Luke yeah. Cage owes a hundred thousand dollars, so he asks for one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. That's right. Tell the story right, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, and luckily, we find out that Piranha is the number one Luke Cage fangirl. Oh my gosh, yeah. That yeah. room is creepy. I'm sorry. I have to say, he's a fan boy, not a fan girl. Okay. A fan girl would not handle her shit that way. She'd hide it all in the closet and hope he never saw it. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I have seen both fanboys and fangirls, and neither one of them hide their shit that well around their celebrities. I mean, like, let, let's let's not forget the Tony Stark Captain America room. <laughs> he is a creep. <laughs> anyway, we walked into that room and I went, this is creepy. Yeah, it's And then it's Luke was like, this is creepy. Yeah, I don't know. Having, like, those uh, squishy bullets that the, shot Luke. You got like, shot with these. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I was fucking there. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, we also had Foggy show up, which is cool. I like that, <gasps> that he's... Yeah, you know, cr- cross promoting his brand. Yeah, let's not forget that Foggy is a really good lawyer. Yeah, yeah, I dig it. He also showed up, uh, I think, last week in Jessica Jones, uh, talking to Hogarth about, or maybe it's yep. two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like that he's low key showing up in all the all the shows, except Punisher. That's fine. He doesn't need to get shot. Yeah, no, it's probably for the best. I feel like he could show up and just talk to Karen and not get shot. Yeah, I only trust Karen to be in the Punisher show because she can handle her shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pretty much they, they go to, uh... Well, here's what I learned. Luke needs to read his contracts better. Foggy, I guess, needs to read his contracts better. 
And Piranha is a piece of shit. Oh, he's a garbage person. But also, I mean, like, the contract was, hey, wear this uh, hoodie that you got shot in and has bullet holes. But also, apparently, the contract was, let me shoot you in front of people for entertainment. I don't don't think that was in the contract. I think... I thought he said that. When he came, when he pulled Luke up on stage and Luke was like, don't do this, didn't he say it's in your contract? I, I thought it was more think of the contract and like if Luke left the party at that point, then he would be in breach of it. It, mm. it's a shifty situation. Like, dude's a douchebag. I definitely, in Luke's situation, probably wouldn't let him shoot me, but also like up to that point, I, I would have been a bit happier because 150 grand is 150 grand. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, his, I was thinking it's like one night. You yeah. can sit there for one night. Um, yeah, I like that his point is is not about him, but it's about the safety of the other party goers. Yeah. Because they're also dumb and they would not back up far enough. And I did get like shot how with he was like, there will be ricochets and you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then someone tried to actually kidnap Piranha uh, and Luke went and saved him. Mm-hmm. And was like got his first hero for hire job yeah Yeah. i'm hyped he said how would you like to hire a hero and i lost (gasps) my shit and leah's sitting there like i I don't understand what is wrong with you i was also excited by the brief um team up between him and shades that they worked together (gasps) that was so great because i know shades is a terrible violent murdering dude but i love him oh and i i just i want him to make it through the show i just (laughs) i really like the two of them sort of circling each other that they're they're all surrounded by civilians and you've got just these two sharks circling each other in a tank and then shades comes up and he's like i see you doing parties now uh, my my niece has a quinceanera next week yeah and i'm like oh my god so funny (laughs) such a bubble love it yeah it's great we uh what else do so I'd say B side was a Dillard trying to track down a couple of the people. Shut up. Look, I remember You're fine. Si- yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh trying to track down one of the businessmen that she bullied into voting Not for really the plastic. Even track down. It was just like a drop in the hat that this dude is missing and also Ray Ray is missing. Yeah. I don't think anybody was tracking anybody down, but like there were a couple of times people were like, Where is this guy? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Shades is like, Where the fuck is Ray Ray? And turns out <clears throat> As Mariah opens her new uh, community center. That was they're, intense. They're all there. Along Kinda with Cockroach, which I'm fucking fine with. Oh, yeah. That guy is a piece of human feces. Yeah, whatever. I know when... Not even usable feces. No. It's human. So you nope. can't even do anything with it. Oh, yeah. And so, like, Misty does that whole thing where she's... Only if it's your feces. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Misty goes through that whole thing where she remembers her partner... Scarf. Scarf. Like, being a bad, dirty cop. And her not picking up on it, because she yeah. wanted so desperately to believe that he wouldn't do it. Well, because mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there that he can be both a good mentor and parts of him are a good man. That mm-hmm. there are parts of him that are good and solid. But then there's also part of him that just wants it to be easy, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that, Especially when you know for sure that you're right. Yeah. Yeah, which, which I like. I, I kind of get that get, side of him. Like, I get, I get the, and I, so I get Misty's temptation of, I know this guy is bad. Yeah. I know that if nothing that gets was, happened, he's, he's going to kill his wife. That was so scary to watch though, because I was like, girl, you yeah. do not want to cross I was, this line. I was not happy with I that. I was like, oh God. Oh God it reminded oh God. me of my favorite Ralph moment from The Flash <laughs> last season where he talks, he uh, talks Joe, Joe out of planting evidence. Mm, uh, man, Ralph. that was great. And so, yeah, so so then she decides she's not going to do it. And as she takes a step back and puts the evidence back in her pocket, she sees a pool of blood. And I'm like, oh, my God, if that's Cockroach's wife, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Yeah. Legitimately, when we panned over and saw the legs, I was like, that looks like little boy legs. And I'm going to fucking lose it if that little boy is dead now. But no, it was just Cockroach. But instead, 
Fine with it. He's not going to do well in the business world because he won't get ahead. Oh, God. I'm hey. off the podcast. I also am off the podcast. <laughs> this was Mouse listeners. You cannot leave. Enjoy <laughs> Kenneth. This was a fun three years, but I'm out. <laughs> uh, God, can you imagine if this was just Kenneth talking into the ether? Oh, that would be amazing. We can go. No. That would be too much awesome for people. It's okay. just Kenneth congratulating himself and furiously masturbating. Fine with it. <laughs> that I'm works. like, why would you give him the that idea? The question is, would listener numbers go up or down? Down. Oh, they go <laughs> We're up. obviously the draw on this show. I mean, that's true. Uh, but Seaside, uh, Misty gets her fucking cyber arm. Yeah. And it's dope. I mean, it's not as cool as Bucky's arm because Bucky's arm came from Wakanda. But yeah, I, I mean, she's only working with Rantex, so. She'll it's, do. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I really need- It looks pretty cool, though, legitimately. Oh, it does look cool. Um, I was looking at the elbow joint, which I really liked, because, like, most of the arm is black, and then there's just this, like, um, L hinge at the back in, like, a beige. Mm-hmm. It's her elbow, and I was like, I really weirdly like that. It's, it's like wearing a, a tweed jacket. Yeah, with, like, the patch on it. She's a teacher. <laughs> and, yeah, we pretty much cut with a cockroach, Ray Ray, and a councilman dude. Heads. Heads on sticks. Thing. Oh, and we brought daughter pretty much all in. Daughter's yeah, like, she's fucking here. Yeah, which I'm sad about. Because, like... Mm. I still, I think Your there's mom's a big old criminal, yo. I think there's plenty of room for her to absorb all of this and then go, oh, this shit ain't right. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I kind of hope that she steals it from Mariah and leaves her destitute. Oh man, like real- she takes over and like cuts Mariah out. Oh, that's mean. And then everyone loves her more, and then Mariah is left. With Damn, nothing. that is some no. hard karma. No, either either turn her in or join the family business. That's that's just me. So it's either that or she goes full in even on the bad side. And she's mm-hmm. like, actually, I think I'd be pretty good at this. And I'd also be here for that. I did kind of roll my eyes a little bit when she's talking about how all their money is blood money Ugh. and it comes from blood. And I'm like, Girl. literally no empire exists that was not built no. on a sea of blood. Also, take the blood money and do something good with it. And that washes it clean. I mean, it doesn't erase <laughs> no, the badness. No, but at least you didn't do more bad shit with it. That's true. If those are your choices, you have bloody money, and you either do bloody things or you do good things, you should fucking do the good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Jessica Jones, season Jessica. two, episode 10, a.k.a. Pork, pork Chop. Jessica Jones. Only learned why it's called that, because I didn't realize that was a pork chop. Me either. It just looked eating. like... It's a hunk of meat. It was a hunk yeah, of meat. It, was like, it wasn't even like... It didn't look recognizable at all. Well, I mean, it was on the floor at one point, so that sucks. Uh, that guy sucks. Dude, yeah, that guy's yes. a little shithole. So we... Like, like, I'm not sad that he's dead, but I am sad that Jessica's life is now more complicated. Yeah, that's going to be a hassle. So, long story short, Jessica's mom's in jail. Uh, Hogarth shows up, works out a potential plea deal where if uh, her mom can avoid going to the raft, if she gives up dude guy, I'm going to call him Calvin for some reason... Charles? What? What's the scientist's name? Oh, um, no, it's Carl. Carl. Yeah, Kelvin was close. Doesn't matter. Uh, you could also refer to him as Leoben, because that's his name from Battlestar Galactica. Okay, so Calvin. Um, <laughs> if she gives Carl! Up, <laughs> if she gives up uh, Carl. Um, her mom initially is hesitant, but Jessica is like, hey, do this thing so you avoid the raft, but also I'll just kind of get Carl out of the country. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of wins. Yeah, so you can quote unquote give him up, but then he'll they won't be able to get him. Yeah, he'll be in some non extradition place. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then it, you know, shockingly all goes terribly wrong. What? So weird for Jessica Jones. Uh, so she has her new boyfriend make him up a passport. They they actually seem to be getting along well. And yeah. Do you know what the problem is in this show? No one trusts anyone. That's why everything goes to shit. Yeah. Yes. Every single episode. It's been a year and a half. I think Malcolm trusts people. Malcolm trusts people, but he got burned like 19 times and he's off the team almost. Yeah. Except anyway. now he and Trish are hooking up again. So. Which I think is... That, I think that this... I'm hoping that the back half of the show is about them starting to trust each other. Mm-hmm. Like she trusted the super to like hug her while she was sad and help her with this thing. Mm-hmm. And the super trusted her to get his son back. And mm-hmm. Malcolm, what's your nose is starting to Trish. Trish. Trish is starting to trust Malcolm a little bit. And yeah. Malcolm is learning how to read Jessica. So I'm like hoping the back half of this is about trusting people on your team. Yeah, but that'd I'm be nice. extremely frustrated because literally everything falls apart because no one trusts. Anybody. Yeah, they're a pretty garbage team right now. <sighs> well, yeah, Trish is being real shitty. I saw a um, Twitter post like right after the show came out or a couple weeks, enough time where someone could have watched the whole thing, mm-hmm. and someone like was ranting about like Trish deserved better season two of Jessica Jones, and I kind of went, oh no, and then like forgot about it, mm-hmm. and then the last couple episodes I was like. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They're fucking her up all over for, like, no apparent real reason. Yeah, it makes me sad because I'd rather just have Hellcat show up. Yeah. Um, because I'm concerned that the thing that she's doing with, with, with chasing down Carl is less about justice or even about her career and is more about getting superpowers. Yeah. Which is not great. Hellcat no. doesn't have superpowers, right? She's just she like does. A fight. Oh, what are her superpowers? I think enhanced agility, a bit stronger strengthiness. Strengthiness. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. I think she's she's pretty invulnerable. She went to hell that one time. She used to date Damon Hellstrom. I mean, it's in her name, so. Okay. Makes sense. It's like She's a well-trained martial artist and gymnast, psychic senses, force field generation, wrist-mounted retractable claws, and grappling hooks. Cool. Force field generation? That's pretty cool. Huh. It's pretty cool. Who knew? Is um, Jessica Jones bulletproof? No. no. Do you watch the show? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm on Google Asks. She's uh, she's pretty bullet resistant. She's bullet resistant. She heals fast, mm-hmm. but she's not bulletproof. Luke Cage is bulletproof. Yeah. Um. So B side of this, we we have uh, Hogarth now has Healy Bro living with her and a uh, nurse lady, and. Jess goes and talks to Carl and just kind of as a afterthought is like, oh, you know, tell me about this other person. He's like, yo, I have no idea what you're talking about. My life is in your hands. I'm not going to lie to you right now about this. Yeah, I mean, he's whatever you're going to say about him. He's he's been from what we can see honest with her. Yeah, he's very upfront about is like, yo, science is dope and I do crazy stuff with it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of rad. But we didn't have anybody who could heal someone. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, fuck. So, so then she goes to tell Jerry, and Jerry doesn't believe her, of course. Yeah. Because Jerry she, really wants to be healed. Yeah. Yeah. And instead, she goes back to her apartment, and they took all her stuff. And that sucks. Which, it's, okay. Let's let's be upfront about this. Jerry Hogarth is a shitty person. Actually, that yes. happened, and I kind of went, I don't feel that bad. She's terrible. Oh, she's terrible, but I can still feel bad for her. No. Like, her stuff being stolen, whatever, it's more the ripping away of the hope of not imminently dying that that part yeah like bummed me out like 
telling someone who's dying that you can save them and then using that to steal all their shit Actually, is yes. so shitty. Using someone's hope against them, I think, is one of the worst things that you can mm-hmm. do. Because hope is so tentative and so beautiful. It's like those people who sell sugar pills to the parents of dying children. Yeah. Yes. Like, you should... That's, that's fucking, like, seventh circle of hell kind of shit. But mm-hmm. also, Jerry Hogarth is not a good person. Like... I understand that Shades is not a good person, and Jerry's not as bad as Shades, like, violently and murder count-wise, but they're on the same spectrum of level of evil. What? Jerry's terrible! She's a terrible human being. There's a world of difference between that and someone who pushes guns out into the community and also kills people decently often. Like, fine. That's nowhere close on the same spectrum of evil. I would say that as much as you know, I don't necessarily want to be Jerry Hogarth's friend. I think for me, what made that moment sad is when she's having that conversation with Jess in the jail and she's talking about how she's found something new inside herself because, you know, when you come that close to death and you come, you can come back from it. It's like a, it's like a brand new chance. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was like she had a new light inside her. And I, I think it's a real bummer that, if that had been real and it had given her the chance to turn over a new leaf and maybe become a better person, the hope of a new Jerry Hogarth was then dashed because yeah. of this, which is disappointing. She's going to be worse now. Yes, mm-hmm. which is which is disappointing. It's um sort of the same way I feel when I see like people who could have asked for help who then like die from a drug overdose. You know, I'm like they, you know, part of that was them earning that, but part of that was their you know, that dashed hope, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. Yeah. So that was, oh, <sighs> and guard, uh, the main prison guard watching her mom Fuck is a total butthole. And he's you'll... an abusive serial killer. Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah. Yeah. He s- tortures her. Jess finds out that he's probably tortured a lot of people to the point of them dying. And then she breaks into his house, finds some evidence of that. He shows up, they get in a scuffle and she accidentally kills him. Yeah, not sad about it. She comes in that house, and it's fairly obvious, not just from the, like, incredible amount of hunting trophies, but the old school wallpaper and everything on there. The whole house is like a shrine that that that's not his house. That's like his parents' house. Mm -hmm. Grandparents. Grandparents' house. And he's just been living there and keeping it pristine. And that unsettled me right off the bat. And then when she finds the the trophy hidden behind the like bear's head, yeah, full of like, prison ooh. numbers, and I'm like, oh no, oh no. So yeah, so obviously that was self defense because if she hadn't killed him, he was gonna kill her and probably in a bad way. Yeah, but also like, how you, do you prove that? Yeah, it, it doesn't look great once you break into someone's house and they're now dead like it's like no i w- didn't go there to kill him i broke into his house to threaten him yeah <laughs> totally he was different my mom yeah yeah so a it's murderer gonna but be it's all hassle. good it's cool fortunately uh uh hogarth's in a good place of mind to help defend jess right now so that'll go well oh well, we i need foggy then yeah she really should just call foggy because he's great i love him so we accidentally killed a dude which is it's not gonna go over well just no. gonna be all weird about it and i'm kind of like he deserved it boo yeah but it's not gonna make her feel better i know it's just yeah it's just gonna complicate her life which sucks yeah yeah because she already has a you know killed one person 
I mean, that guy over her. 100% oh, had it yeah, coming. No, I yeah. mean, uh, he had it coming. yeah, Purple Man totally deserves it. Like, it was basically the only solution. Mm-hmm. And it's nice, at least, that a lot of the cops recognize that. But, like, you know, she it doesn't look good to now have probably a second dead person hanging well, over I, you. She just has to wipe down all her prints, break a window like she tried to break in, and it'll look like he was robbed. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if there's if there's no way t- to hide her involvement, then maybe the fact that she's been working with that cop, maybe they've built up some kind of rapport where he would believe her when she said that guy was going to kill me and I was defending myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Well, uh, uh, we'll see. I guess we shall see. We shall see. We, we shall, shall see. see. All right, Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then over on uh, super exciting Earth o'clock. Yay. So Gals is dead. So sad. Yeah, he, uh, he apparently ain't coming back because he wanted off the show. So that sucks. But what you gonna do? I saw that tall white drink of white dude, and I was <laughs> like, "Did we lose a beautiful black man? Mm-hmm. And we're gonna get this piece of shit?" But no, he just here for the episode. Yeah, and left. Just and I was very in. glad. And he he was pretty chill. He was actually I was pretty cool. Pleasantly surprised, except for him. the back half where he tried to kill Jeremy, but he didn't know any better. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah. So uh. I, it's, there's not a huge amount to talk about with this episode. It's mostly just all of them dealing with... feeling. Yeah. Just dealing with Doll's death, each in their own way. And the um, Contessa. Yeah. A lot of, lot of kind of picking at each other, but then also a lot of recognizing, hey, we're all in a crappy place, and we understand why you're acting like this. And I really appreciated yeah. that. It definitely, it feels like being with a family who has lost someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I liked that Wynoda eventually did come to the conclusion that they should have him cremated, which I was like, immediately cremate him. Oh, yeah. Because his body is full of secrets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all bad. I was enjoying that it turned, it's turning more and more toward Nicole is going to be team leader. Mm hmm. And Wynona will be the tip of the spear Mm -hmm. with backup. But I'm liking that a lot. That moment where. Someone was like, well, what are we going to do? And then Winona went hot. Like, this, tell us. You're yeah. in charge now. And I'm kind of hoping it stays that way. Like, maybe yeah. she and Winona can work together like Dolls did, where Dolls would kind of, like, aim Winona. Yeah, just kind of give her a push to go wreck yeah. stuff in that direction. Right. Because, like, Winona is smart and she's capable, but I think that she needs a steady hand. She's missing the a, bigger picture at right. times. Someone who can see the bigger picture and who is able to be a... a Objective. Objective. Yeah. I was like, yeah, objectified. A, no. No. Because that's the thing about Wynonna. <laughs> Objectional. No. We love her, but she's a sledgehammer, not a scalpel. No. And yeah. she's emotional, and she's sometimes all over the place. Yeah. We need someone who's trained to be methodical and logical first. Yeah. Somebody who's going to roll the hard six when you have to. Yeah. You know? And I feel like anyone who shows up, they're not going to trust immediately. It's going to fall to Nicole. And I like that it seemed like Nicole was fine mm-hmm. doing it. Like, it took her a sec. She took a breath, but then she made a decision and everyone followed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dig it. I'm excited about that. And, um, and I like that. Um, why, obviously, Winona has accepted Nicole as part of their crew, um, but she and Nicole still like enjoy ribbing each other every yeah. once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked the moment with um, Winona and Waverly at the at very the end, end oh, where yeah. she's like, all right, Nicole can be buried with us, too. I was glad about that because I thought it was going to be like a whole thing where Waverly didn't tell Winona for a couple episodes and she doesn't have a plot. So I I like that that came out right away. Mm-hmm. I don't have a plot in the Earl. And Winona goes, that's dumb. We're not being buried there. That's horrible. And I was yeah. like, you don't want to be buried with those three people. 
you this is better the two of you together on the farm that's mm-hmm. where you should be yeah so next, i like that a lot next and to, next to dolls hot should be there next to dolls and doc whenever he goes all of them safe on the on the Farmstead. homestead homestead yeah because they Farmland. know that's that's the one place where the revenants can't reach yeah. you yeah it's protected and it'll be protected so even when they're gone they no one will defile anything yeah, yeah. except for nicole who's going to be eaten by vultures I, I think they can convince her away from that. That sounded horrible. That's kind of nice. I don't know. I want to be planted and made into a tree. I just want to be set on fire. Preferably well Like dead. Viking style? And then like... Ooh, like we could... Like we put you in a boat in a lake and then we shoot a flaming arrow at you? Dope as fuck. We could do it in Lake Merritt. Very small. We wouldn't lose him. Nice. <laughs> Goes 20 feet and just bumps no, into the I other just, side. I just... I want all of my everything to be harvested like take everything yeah. that can be yeah. used including like skin or teeth or whatever take all care. of it and then burn whatever's left yeah burn the rest compress it into a little diamond put that on an arrowhead and use it to shoot somebody in the leg that went weird it'd be so fun be like oh man well, Kenneth I got have, me i have not be harvested for items and then also turned into a tree yeah yeah, they'll just bury whatever's left. Yeah, I think yeah. we should do that. I think we shouldn't do graveyards. I think that we no, should turn them into trees. Into well, orchards. not as we keep getting more and more people. And well, then you could have haunted space. graveyards. No, I don't like that at all. Love it. Love Ugh, it. That is. I, Kenneth, I'm coming back I like the you. idea of having your ashes compressed everything. into a diamond. I think that's really cool. You're going to make your widow wear it, aren't you? Well, no. no obviously, weird. you should sell it at a yard sale, and then whoever buys it will be haunted oh by my ghost. God. Stop, you have a stop haunting people, you weirdo. <laughs> no, I'm going to haunt That's someone. That's mean. No, I no. want to be here on this earthly plane. No, I'm going to be a around. very specific ghost where I'm going to haunt shitty dudes. Yes! Like, whatever. Not like killers or anything, just like just shitty like, dudes. Just, haunt just like, neckbeards. like basement dwelling neckbeards. That's yeah. who I'm going to haunt. Yeah, it's going to be. Until they better themselves. <laughs> yeah, some, some, some woman like buys that ring at a yard sale and then she comes home and her shitty boyfriend like yells at her and then he smashes his fingers in a drawer. <laughs> You're like, no. Then he steps you just, on a Lego. Like, explode out of the ring and like scare him literally shitless. He just wakes up every night. I'm at the foot of the bed. What do men do? What? It's nothing. <laughs> My God. You, did you, we tell you this the last week? You, you did, yeah. Side note. <laughs> last unicorn, somehow, very feminist and ahead of its time. I love it. Within the first 15 minutes, a woman asks, what do men know? And it was beautiful. <laughs> so that's been our lives for the last, like, four weeks. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Winona was sad. But we have a new friend, maybe. The Contessa. The Contessa. Uh, we know she's Doc's friend. They are a yeah. bone in. Yeah, I tell so you they, what, they get down. They are living in Bone Town, USA. Population two. Something about him taking off that gun belt and letting it hit the Ooh. floor. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn. Girl, I was like, I'm sad, damn. but like this works too. You know, people like to fuck after a funeral. That's true. It makes you feel life affirming. Yeah, it's true. He made like I. So I came in and I caught the last five minutes as Kenneth is watching it, and we get to the very end, and he makes like a harumph noise. And I thought he was upset because Doc had slept with the Contessa. And I'm like, he and Winona didn't make any promises to each other. And he's like, oh, no, no, I'm just sad because it was sad. Yeah, I was upset because the episode was hella depressing. Ah. Like, I was That's doing fair. okay until they actually were burying dolls. Same. And I, was I was like, fine. <laughs> and then she came up that hill carrying a box and they all put something yeah. like special to them in there and Doc I actually fucking, put in like the like nice an whiskey. actual good bottle of whiskey and I, I lost it I was like yeah. don't look at me no when happy with that. when Jeremy put in that his cup? coffee mug I lost my oh, shit 
Oh, no. God. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. I hope he comes back. I have it all figured yes. out, actually. I was telling B, they're going to figure out he was not actually a dragon person. He was a phoenix person. And then he rises from his ashes. Yes. Okay, but the only way that happens is if he has a really bad career after this. Yeah, well, and, like, fuck it. I hope he has money. a bad career. <gasps> I want him That's back on mean. my show that I care I want about. him to, like, bust into movies and be amazing. Oh, that'd be great. I guess. Ugh. Fine. He can always, like... I guess he like, can he be could successful. Be in the next, he could be in the next Jordan Peele film. I'd be down. Oh, that'd be cool. Or, um, who's the guy who did Moonlight? Barry Jenkins. I need to see that still. Or what's-her-nose? Ava Catherine Duvernay? Bigelow. Or Ava DuVernay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She had a cameo on Girls Trip. It was nice yes. to see oh, her. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. And Common. Yeah. And P. Diddy. Yeah. Oh my god, P. Diddy. I recognize those two. I'm gonna get pregnant tonight. <laughs> my god. Okay, so uh that was it for White Nona. It was it was really good, but Sad. a real downer. Sad. I like that they actually spent the time working through. Especially because yeah. you know, it if somebody wants off the show, I could see them just kind rolling of a, into the next Yeah, be like, week. Oh, we out, whatever, you know. You don't want to be here. It's nice to at least take one episode before we move on. Like, oh god. The episode on person of interest after Carter dies. Oh my god. That episode starts like that. with a slow motion car crash played under Johnny Cash's version Hurt, of yeah, Hurt. Yeah. I yeah. heard like the first chord and, and I went, yeah, Son you're like, it! Oh, no! And that whole episode was just pain. Oh, oh yeah. Pain also speaking of and that flashbacks and emotional catharsis. Yeah. I really like that this episode opened up with like the acoustic version of the the normal theme song. <gasps> that yeah. was so beautiful, but we were also we both of us were like, oh no, yeah, we yeah. are <laughs> in some trouble. I always like when a show does that. It feels like a like a hat nod. Um, every once in a while on on twenty four, when they would kill off a main character, they would uh, like when the show would end and it would do that tick and clock, it would do it silently, which I always mm. thought was really nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's. Like every now and again on Game of Thrones, when something batshit really crazy happens. happens, it just ends with like silence, and you're just sitting there going, "I wish more shows would do that." What was it we were oh. watching? West Wing. West Wing. No matter what happens on West Wing, the credits roll is like ba, 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 West Wing, yay! And you're like, "People just died, bud. Everyone <laughs> I, got shot." Can we I take wish a that's minute? How the credits roll for West Wing. <laughs> I don't know the song. And no, I'm you. Bad at that's music. a better song. It's very upbeat. It's yeah. soups upbeat and like real uncomfortable at the end of the season two finale. Yeah, that's two, one or two, season one finale. Two when they got sh- no, no season one like, finale is um in Josh the, got shot right something of two gunmen or something. No, that's the first two. It's, like, the name of the place where they're giving the speech. Yeah, mm. and, like, fucking there's, like, gunmen, and people get shot, and we don't know yeah. who's dead. They all dive into the limo, and then Yeah, Josh and then, like, like, it just goes, well, no, no, we don't find out about Josh till season two. And oh. so, like, it just goes black. Okay. And then, do-do-do-do-do-do, West Wing, yay! And you're like, what? Yeah, that that's where just a, a silent cut would be silent way cut. better. Oh, yeah. It's so strange, too, because I've watched the DVDs a thousand times, and I've made a bunch of other people watch them, and I'm, like, crying, and then that music starts, and the pe- whoever's watching it with me is like, Really? And I'm like, I can't control that <laughs> That's part. That's hella funny. You should just pause it right as the episode ends. Pretty much. You and don't want to hear the happy mute. music right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that's why Nona. So let's jump over to uh, C&D. Okay. And over to you, B. Shut your face. This week on Cloak and Dagger. Uh, this was a pretty sad episode. Um, it's It basically starts with Ivan coming out of his coma and Tandy goes to see him and he tells, and he tells Tandy that there is evidence um, that her dad knew that the rig was bad news. 
Uh-oh. Because we found out before that the reason they exploded because was because the stuff they're digging up is not oil. Yeah, it's yeah. Something undiscovered. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like the remains of Cthulhu or, Hopefully I don't know, that. Pacific Rim at the bottom there. Who knows? What if they tied it into the runaways? And they were like trying trying to drill for the same stuff that uh the the runaways parents were digging for. That would be cool. Ooh, interesting. Cuz didn't the cloak and dagger end up on the runaways for a while? No, in the comics they're already much older. Okay. They they kind of there's a, a bit where cloak and dagger show up and try to take the kids in. Mm. They're like we were also teenage runaways, you should listen to us, but I think um they just they I think they kicked Tyrone in the nuts and then ran for it. <laughs> that that seems right. It was probably Gert also. <laughs> or Molly. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so so Tandy finds out that there is a safe deposit box that she can go get. But first she has to get the key from her mom and then it's the, so it's they let us know that today is eight years to the day of the rig explosion. Mm. So it's the day that Tandy lost her dad and the day that Tyrone lost his brother. Mm-hmm. And apparently she and her mom have a yearly thing that they do where they go to the lake and then they release a balloon. And so they make plans to go do that. But then I guess Tyrone's family does nothing. Which is so fucked up. Which is fucked up. So she goes over to his house, and he gets pretty cutely flustered about it. I never have I never girls have over. Girls over. But so then she tells him, "Hey, we're doing a thing. You can come by." And his parents are like, "Okay." And then as she leaves, I'm like, "Did she just go there for no specific well, reason? No. no, she went there to steal his mom's Roxxon ID badge." She leaves, oh. and we're like, Ugh. "Oh, that was kind of a nice visit for her." But then she like surreptitiously looks over her shoulder, and we were both like, "What have you done?" <laughs> Good, good, good. Okay, so then she go. She breaks into Roxxon. So it's heist time. She breaks into Roxxon and she runs into that Scarborough dude who's like the head of the rigging stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically... Well, he's like CEO of Roxxon. Yeah, he's yeah. big time. And basically she pulls out one of her daggers and is like, I will kill you. Um, As you do. Mm-hmm. Because she says that what's most important to her is clearing her dad's good name. And he's like, well, I can pay you all this money. She's like, I don't care about money. I don't care about any of that. I just want to, I want to make sure that my dad's good name comes back. Okay. But, oh, hang on. Do um, you want to do, do you want to do, Ty- should we do Tyrone's story first or should we finish this one? Side note, do you want me to interrupt and fluff it out or would you like me to be quiet? I keep meaning to ask if I'm like fucking up your like jam. No, you should jump in. I okay. like when you jump in. I wasn't sure and I didn't want to like fuck it up. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, we could do like them one 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 because that's how the episode went okay so while tandy is planning her heist uh tyrone is also planning some shit okay uh, so i don't know if we mentioned the fact that the the good cop they've been working with o'reilly has been sleeping with this beat cop oh, and no. at first uh, it, not the one who shot tyrone no brother. he's okay. like younger and has a beard he's a literal beat cop and like they met in like the first episode he gave her a cup of coffee with his number on it oh and so they've been like cool. cutely kind of dating okay. in the background and his mm-hmm. name is f-u-c-h-s fush fuchs fuchs i was like his <laughs> name is fucks and i don't care what anybody yeah. says <laughs> Well, cause I thought at first that they were just sort of banging on the side because the first time we actually see them together, they're just, they're doing it in the back of his patrol car. Yeah. And we were like, oh, okay. But no, they're like dating. Mm-hmm. He okay. like makes her girlfriend pancakes. Oh, it was really cute. And so he seems to be a genuinely good dude. And we're like, yay. So Tyrone comes over to talk to her 
because oh she tells o'reilly tells tyrone that the the bad cop connor's has been working with a sketch artist and put out a sketch of of ty Mm, okay because he connor saw ty at the warehouse when he tricked o'reilly into shooting that other dude yeah yeah, and yeah. He, she, she, he, he goes, oh, hey, O'Reilly, come over here. Like, look at this thing. And she looks at it and goes, no, that kid doesn't look familiar at all. And then immediately, like, contacts Ty. Nice. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta watch out. He's coming for you. And he's like, no, I, I want him to come for me. So he comes up with this plan where he takes, um, Oh, because so his dad is in with a bunch of people who make these, I don't know, crafts? It's So every year they do, like, the big New Orleans thing, and um, it has a lot to do with, like, like death and funerals. It's the, the bead stuff, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, and yeah, they I make the that. really big, like, feather costumes, yeah. and they're really intricately done by hand. So his is a cloak that he's finishing because it was Billy's. Yeah. Yeah, Billy had started it, and it's this, yeah, it's a really cool black cloak, but with... um beads on it that are some are gold and some are dark blue just a little bit to like give it a little bit of shimmer uh-huh. little pop and so he decides that what he's gonna do is <laughs> he's gonna the he's gonna christmas ghost this guy yeah so he goes to o'reilly and her boyfriend and oh is like God. this is my plan <laughs> um i am gonna use this cloak and my superpowers to convince him that i am billy and scare a confession out of him. We're gonna so literally he, haunt him. He told the he told both of them about his power stuff. Yes. Well, they have uh. this they had this conversation where they're he's like, Well, I have a plan because I'm really fast. And O'Reilly's like, Nobody's that, Nobody's fast. that fast. And then he's he like, he, no. he looks at this cop and he looks back at her and goes, Okay, can you said he's one of the good ones? And then the boyfriend is like, Oh, you said that? And she's like, God damn it. <laughs> it was so, cute. so but he's but Ty's looking at her going, Can I trust him? Mm-hmm. She's like, Yeah, I trust him. So yeah, so he tells both of them about his powers, which is great. Because they have it under better control now. The theory yeah. is with the cloak, he can control it. Okay. He's like, if I have this, because that's how he first started yeah, using it, it was, was always, wrapping him in. Yeah, flipping around. He, he needs with that. some sort of of contact, and I think there's an emotional resonance there because it was Billy's. Mm-hmm. I think it's just object permanence. He's like, if I can't see you, you disappear. And He's then not I an move. infant. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's how his power works. Uh, but it's really cool because he starts creeping up on Connors. Like he takes his gun and then he puts it back. And he touches him on the back of the neck in a dark parking lot. And it's real creepy. Nice. And then O'Reilly and Connors are like walking through an alley and Billy starts a, or sorry, not Billy. <laughs> well, I mean, for Connors quote unquote sake, Billy. Billy. Yeah, think Billy. Yeah, appears in the distance and he's got his cloak on over, uh, Ty got like, like the same sweatshirt that Billy was wearing when he died mm. and punched holes in the front, put fake blood on it. Yeesh. Yeah, we were okay. watching this going, what are you doing? Nice. And so Connors is all like, do you see that? And O'Reilly's like, I don't I see don't anyone. See Literally like, He's standing at the end of the alley, yeah. and O'Reilly can definitely see him. And he's like, "Do you see?" And she's like, "No, I I see nothing. What? what? So weird." And she she actually she came to to meet him with a sketch of Billy Not rather than Tyrone. Ty. And she's like, "No, this is the sketch that you had Susie make." And and I don't I don't know if that's who you saw at the warehouse. I mean, I saw you chasing someone, but you took off so fast it was like you were chasing no one at all. That's really hella funny. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Tandy is like destroying alarms and stealing shit and like tying that guy up. How did he? She get him? She well, she, she put, like his nut, her knife to his neck. Yeah, she she had put a knife to his neck basically, 
and and ties him up and basically she she, she like, shows him all of her evidence mm-hmm. pretty much okay and it's like this is what I have and it's very damning mm-hmm. yeah she had a memo and she had like a some other like really good inter office confidential stuff that uh-huh. she take to the press yeah I guess Nate her dad and Ivan Hess signed something that literally said this is gonna happen and we're telling you not to do this thing and also you didn't pay for heat shielding. And then they signed it with fingerprints and stuff. Okay. And he's like, well, that's not enough. You'll never know. The whole rig was destroyed. And she, like, pulls out a piece of the she'll, rig. Oh, hey. Look, look what I found. She's, like, stuff. went scuba diving. And she's like, this is a piece of the rig with no heat shielding. You're totally boned. Yeah. So the, the whole point of their conversation is for her to basically be like, fuck you. I got all this stuff. My dad was awesome. And now I can prove it. And he tries to bribe her. And she's like, fuck you. I don't want your money. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, back with, with, uh, with Ty and the cops, he does eventually get Connors to confess out loud to saying, like, makes him say it, you know, I killed you, I buried you, I covered it up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he was like, the rig exploded and I lost my head and my thing is, he shot him twice. I would give you the first shot because an explosion yeah, just, went ah. off. Right. But he, like, had a second fucking yeah. shot. Um, and then he mentions, oh, my uncle, like, covered it up and slid me over to Vice and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then we pan over and Detective Boyfriend is, like, back there with his phone recording the whole thing. Nice. And then Ry- O'Reilly comes out of the shadows and is like, you're under arrest. And it was, just, like, this really great moment for okay. Ty. Yeah. So that was great. And so, so, so Ty wraps up his evening and knows that the guy who shot his brother is going to jail Mm -hmm. and not, not for drugs, you know, not for being a dirty cop, but for murder, for murdering Billy. And so now he also will not look like a crazy person to his parents because they think he made the whole thing up. They don't believe him that Billy was murdered by someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's also nice. Yeah. And then Tandy got the evidence to prove that her dad knew what he was talking about. And the two of them, like, meet up with her mom on the edge of the river. And they've got this... This sounds way too hopeful. They've got this really cool paper lantern. (laughs) And it's not the season finale. It feels like the season... It's not. I'm like, oh, this is is so great. It feels... Like, things are are really coming up. (laughs) This can't last. And then they, they, they put the paper lantern up into the air. Uh, but each of them takes Tandy's mom's hand. And so they're connected through her. And so they end up in her mind. And we like get they f- did with Hess last Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. And so we get a flashback and we find out that her dad was not super great and used to smack her mom around. God damn it. Well, and like the, the worst part too, cause like <sighs> they talk about this a lot. They show this a lot on television that abused women tend to keep going back to the same man. Uh huh. Even when they have an out, even when they can be rescued, even even when even it's well, a, it's yeah, a it's few not just who can TV. get away. That's it's, just, yeah, that's it's, just like it's brainwashing, basically, yeah. of the like, repeated. You're not good enough. You'll never do a better with right. me. No one will ever love you. And so we also have this moment where you know when like people die and suddenly everyone's like, oh, they were a good person. Yeah. Where you're like, no, that guy fucking sucked. Just because he's dead doesn't mean he's cool now. Now Tandy's like, I wish I had taken that money. Yeah. So like. She's in this mind and it starts out in her mom's mind. She's in a movie theater. It's a really romantic moment where he's like working and mom brings him a cup of coffee and they like make out and it's super cute. And then it like everything changes. And it yeah, goes, it gets like, real creepy. The because it's it's her. They're in a movie theater 
full of empty seats. Tandy's mom is sitting there basically watching her own memory. But then it starts to stutter and everything goes dark and then light. It's very unsettling. Mm-hmm. And then so Tandy goes all the way up to the movie screen and then like, cuts into it with her dagger and goes through. That's pretty cool. And then she's in a black and white version of their old house seeing the same scene play over. But now instead of her mom handing the coffee cup to her dad and getting a kiss, she accidentally spills the coffee on his papers. He gets up, knocks a chair over, smacks her in the face. Ugh. So Tandy, who was like five or six when he she died. no idea. Idea. No idea. Mm-hmm. Like you're seven, you don't know. And I'm sure her mom tried to protect her. I'm sure her dad wanted to hide it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. she, well, especially since now he's dead. I mean, I'm, I can definitely see her yeah. mom going, "What's the point yeah, of, of telling, telling her. her?" Well, that's what I was saying. Is like it's interesting that inside of her own mind, she remembers that positively. She remembers it as a cute married moment. Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of what it was, because her husband's dead she's now. She's just papered over. Right. It. And she's yeah. like, this is a better memory if it's this way instead. Yeah. And she probably also did that for Tandy so she could tell her stories about her dad without the icky part. Yeah. Which is so interesting that they like put that up on television as just mm-hmm. another example of like how like people get fucked up in relationships. Yeah, and especially it it definitely makes sense to me that that this that that it because we we see that after he died she had this string of terrible boyfriends she has terrible taste in men mm-hmm. except for Greg Greg was great Greg was so great Greg and then was he got the a bullet. only person yeah he, he's hella dead now. yeah Greg apparently the only person she's ever been with who was a good person because yeah. yeah, what did he get on fire yeah. It, yeah it makes it makes sense that people tend to go after the same person you yeah. know that if you're the if you if you have well, the kind she, of backstory that she's been demeaned and devalued her yeah. entire life she's going to continue to find men who demean and devalue her yeah which is anyway, God, such a bummer it was terrible so they come out and they set the balloon light anyway tandy doesn't say anything but now she kind of has a better feel of like who her dad was mm-hmm. so then she calls that guy back and is like actually i do want your money yeah nice because okay yeah, because Cause fuck that guy. Because fuck that guy. Which it's part of it is about learning that our parents are not perfect Who we creatures. Think they were, you know, yeah. Yeah. that they are also people and that they are also flawed. Yeah, you and all. I, everybody hits a moment in their life, whether it's fifteen or thirty, when you go, "Oh fuck, my parents kind of suck," and it's like it's tough, and you have to kind of work through it. But it's this moment when they're no lo- longer these perfect people. Who raise you and give you good yeah, advice and take care of you. People. They're just human people. Good and bad that comes from that. Yeah. It just sucks that Tandy's been trying to like avenge her dad and does all this work and finds out, no, he sucked. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was reminding me of, um, there's an episode, I think of, I think it was an episode of Veronica Mars in the second season where she's talking about, well, her dad is trying to tell her, you know, your mom isn't the villain here. You know, she just, she just, she couldn't stay. She says, no the the hero is the one who stays and the villain is the one who goes and i think there's some some of that black and white childish thinking here mm-hmm. of you know mom is the one who is here but everything about it is fucked up so that's mom's fault well and, and if dad had been the one who lived and mom had been the one who would died it would have been okay yeah. well and it's so interesting too because when you look back when you reflect back on all the episodes we've seen tandy has a real disrespect for her mom because her mom drinks herself into oblivion and takes pills to the point where she passes out and checks out of the world and the way that tandy sees it and therefore it is shown to us the audience is that her mom is just a flake she's just a drug-addled idiot who can't hold a a job Mm. but it turns out 
probably she was doing that to get away from her abusive husband and to have a few moments of peace where she's not being yelled at or physically abused. Mm -hmm. It sucks that that's how she went about it. But Mm -hmm. some people, that's just how they cope. So it's so interesting now to look back on everything else because part of this episode was flashbacks to them as kids again, coming home to their respective houses after they woke up on the beach with like... She, she had his sweater and he had her shoe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she comes home to a mom passed out on the couch. But you realize at the end of the episode, she probably just wanted like a minute. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's so, interesting too. Yeah. So it really recontextualizes the entire show, knowing that it really gives you more perspective. And it really feels like these kids are growing up and we get to sort of experience that along with them Mm -hmm. as you learn more about your parents and their past that it gives you a new a new context for who they are and and also who you are Mm -hmm. yeah so that was cool and i secretly hope she just spends more time with ivan he seems like a good dad and like maybe she could do well i'm 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 really hoping that an influx of money maybe could help her and her mom reconnect Mm -hmm. and more money won't fix addiction or depression but it can help yeah maybe she could put her mom in rehab or maybe she could you know i don't i don't know well it seems like her mom's been doing pretty well since greg left Mm -hmm. and so like maybe it's just she had something real and she lost it and she thinks that she lost it because of her behavior and maybe that's what she needed. But yes, also, yeah. she probably could use some time to detox. And when they're both not struggling, I think it's easier to spend time together. Yeah. We'll she see. could buy them a house. Yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. But yes, that episode made me very sad. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So let's talk about things that don't make us sad. Let's talk about Preacher. Hey. Well, it definitely doesn't make you sad. No, it doesn't really give you emotions other than frustration. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Remember the cowboy dude? What's his name? Oh, uh, uh, the old saint? Yes. So. Oh, the saint of killers. The saint of yeah. killers. He's not all spice. He could be all spice. He could be. Um, episode opens with the saint of killers getting his, um, oh my god. Soul. Guns. Nope. Hat, nope. Horse, nope. Nope. Chickens. FaceTime with the devil. What am I thinking of? What? FaceTime with the devil. You know when you, like, go and see a king and you get a, min- a minute? What is that called? Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I don't what? know enough about Regency. That's fine. Okay, it, so he goes and talks to so the devil. So basically, when he second. got to hell, he was like, I want to speak to Satan. Go get me him right now. I want okay. a parlay? Yes. <laughs> so he has his parlay, his FaceTime with Satan. And um, Satan is literally red with horns, goat's legs, and no shirt. And so many abs. Cliche. So Seems many right. abs. The angel of death, however, beautiful, slim brunette in a sick ass outfit. Nice, okay. Fully nice. clothed okay. outfit, like business suit, but for ladies and a big old jacket kind of an outfit. Cool. Okay. Loved it. Her name is Sydney, Angel of Death, into it. They have a conversation, but basically he just gets whipped really a lot because the devil's like, hey, like, you're my favorite, but also you broke the fuck out of hell and I have to make an example of you. So bunch of lashes. Fair. Yeah. So that happens. We dive into the episode. Tulips being tulip. She's got uh, the leader of the Boyd Mystic Clan at gunpoint. That lady, who's actually their age. She's not, like, old or anything. She's like, you'll never get out of here. And I was like, don't tell Tulip what she won't do. Yeah, that, that dumb, doesn't end well. Don't boss her. Tulip grabs a machine gun and does that thing they do in movies where she shoots a circle in the floor. Oh, my God. 
Definitely not good for the structural integrity of the building. Around both of them. And that's how they escape. So she Mm -hmm. escapes with the Boyd lady. And they basically, it's like a metaphor. They basically just drive around this one crossroads. Like, Tulip's kind of lost. And the Boyd lady is like, oh, you're lost. And I was like, I get the metaphor. Thank you, show. So she's just at a crossroads, literally, the entire episode. Oh, my God. She's, like, driving across and ter- taking That's left. That's what I like right. about Preacher is it's subtle. It's super subtle. Soups. Soup subtle. So they have a conversation. It turns out Ma- Mrs. Boyd, Lady Boyd, which Boyd? Doesn't matter. She and Jesse used to hang out. But... Like in the biblical sense? Oh, yeah. They used to... They, they didn't okay. go on down. They made out a lot. Oh. They were nah. teenagers. They were, like, 16. That's, like, but New Testament. TC mentioned to Jesse, no one better find out about your movie going experience. Cause he goes, I'm going to go see Gladiator again. And like, no, you're going to go mm-hmm. make up. Um, so Jesse does the right thing in the Jesse way where he hurts her to break up with her, like a la old yeller. Like Ugh. he calls her trash and tells her she's terrible while she's standing there in her bra and panties. Cause they were ready to have sex for the first time. So that's great. Great timing. Jesse. So they break up, and then it turns out her brother, who he was also friends with, comes to the tombs, which is like this fight club in their basement. Oh, right, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can fight and fight and fight, and then whoever wins has to fight Jody, but Jody always wins, so everybody dies except for Jody. And then there's betting. So that kid comes down, and the way that the Boyd woman knows the story is Jesse cold-blooded murdered him. And Tulip is like, that is not what happened at all. So they get into a little bit of a fight, and that's like, I guess that's like the B side. Is Tulip and this lady kind of rolling around at crossroads, just driving. Okay. Literally a crossroad, just over and over. Also, God showed up in his dog outfit and his girlfriend on the Harley, and just like rode past her again. Again, didn't just, say anything. It was this cool. kind of cool shot where she's just like <laughs> the Boyd ladies in the trunk, and her head's just on the steering wheel, and she's just kind of like figuring out what Tulip's gonna do. And then you hear a Harley coming, and then it goes slow-mo, and God's on it in his fucking outfit, the weirdo, and, like, slow-mo stares at Tulip, who's not paying any attention, and then just, like, leaves. And I'm like, okay. Weirdo. She was pretty strange. So that's the B-side. I guess probably. No, that's the B-side. The main story is Jesse has reopened the Fight Club, the tombs. Good. But not because he wants to, because Jody and TZ are making him... Um, Jody wants to fight Cass, who's a vampire. Jesse wants Cass to get out and get to safety, but instead of explaining his plan, because he's Jesse Custer... Ooh, does he wait until Cass is in his underwear and yells at him? Because that would be pretty funny. I mean, it's like the same, but not. Okay. He chops Cass into a bunch of pieces. Say what now? Yeah, so... I don't think the same means what you... No, 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 it's like, it means- it's like similar. Similar, similar. Like, like when he was with that girl, he cut her with his words. Yes. Into a million pieces with yes. his words. I can't even realize <laughs> So basically, Cass is supposed to fight, but then he and Jesse get into it. Or like he loses the fight to Jody and drops his vial of love potion on the ground. And then Jesse convinces Jody and TC that... um he is going to go into the back or whatever and they got to go out and find people and they're going to reopen this thing. While Jody and TC are distracted, he cuts Cass into a bunch of like transportable pieces and then while Jody is buying a keg for the next round of the tombs fight, Jesse goes across the street to the FedEx slash yogurt store and tries to mail Cass to safety. 
sweet Christmas. Okay. So, okay. Cass is talking. Sure. Because he's a vampire. Yes. And Jess is like, they're in a, they're having a fight while Jess is like packing all his body pieces with like peanuts. And the guy at the front of the store is not paying any attention. And they're having this fight. And it's actually pretty funny. It starts out like they're actually fighting. And then at one point toward the end, Cash just goes, I hate your face. <laughs> it was really cute. Oh my goodness. So he gives him a bag of blood and like seals him up and goes, I'm saving your life. You have to get out of here. And he like tries to ship him to New Orleans. So he leaves. Um, Turns out, Obvi, giving him the bag of blood, stupid. Cass went and re-knit himself. Yeah, heals up too quickly. So, Jess reopens or, like, shuts down the tomb and gives everyone a lecture about God being missing, and it's because of all of you assholes. And then Cass shows up, and he goes, well, I guess the tombs is open again. (laughs) And then they get into a fight, and they're fighting, and Cass is really just there to try to get the love potion vial. So, they're fighting and fighting and fighting, and then um, Tulip finally comes home. And sees this whole thing. Like, she finds them and sees it. And Jess makes sure that she sees him stab Cass in the back with a wooden stake. So everyone in the room is like, oh, he killed the vampire. And both Tulip and I are like, he shoved that into his right side. And hearts are on the left side. Hmm. So that dude is not dead. (laughs) So... I don't know. It's like the thing... Really the thing to do if you want to fake a vampire death is you take a metal spike... And then you paint it to look like it's wood. Ooh, I like it. I don't know if he had that kind of time. It's like the back end of a baseball bat. Like, I'm not sure he had that time. So, Tulip's watching this. And she's heard this horrible story from mom, like, Lady Boyd. And she sees Jess being terrible. And Cass is, like, experiencing death. Experiencing Jess basically just, like, physically harm him the entire episode. So then, I think the viewer is supposed to think, oh, this is it. They're going to leave together. And it turns out their weight, like... Tulip is waiting for someone outside of um, the house, and it's Cass, and they get in the car, and they drive off. And you're like, oh, so, like, this is it. Jess is finally done. What he's been trying to do this whole time is get rid of them so they're safe. Uh-huh. Because he can't fucking have a conversation with people. He just, like, is mean to them to drive them away. Yep. So, um, it turns out what's actually happening is Tulip's not an idiot. She drives Cass to the bus station Meanwhile, he's like, we can go anywhere. Let's go anywhere together, the two of us. And she stops at a bus station and he goes, or I guess I get on a bus. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you got to get out of here. It's not safe. And he's like, but I love you. And he's like fingering what? the vial. And I'm sitting there going, God fucking damn it. And she goes, but I don't love you. And I was like, yay. Let's get some truth out here. Yes. And then he's fingering the vial more. And I was like, Cassidy, I swear to God, if you use that, I'm going to lose my shit. He took a breath, put it back in his pocket, and went, okay, I'm getting on the bus. So, yay. Cool. Okay. Look at him growing as a vamp vampire person. I like it. And I like that it took Tulip saying it. It's not, anyone else can tell him whatever they want. But it yeah. took Tulip saying, I don't love you. You need to go for safety to get him on the stupid bus. Yeah. So, the second best part of the episode, she goes back and confronts Jesse and is basically like, I've seen mean from you, and I've seen fake mean. And what I saw with you and Cass was fake mean. I know how much of a bastard you can be, mm-hmm. and I also know that you're a big fucking softy. So tell me what really happened with Lady Boyd's brother, and tell me what the fuck is going on, or I will leave and will be done. Mm-hmm. So I really like that, that she mm-hmm. called him out on his bullshit, and she's basically like, either we're a partnership or we're not. So you tell me everything right now, or that's it, we're done. Thank God. So he basically, I think he told her most of everything. 
Um, and they're back, like, as a partner. Good. So that was cool. And then the episode ends with her talking to the Lady Boyd. The whole reason she went to talk to her is to break the spell. And it turns out if you kill the person who cast the spell, Grandma, then you can break the spell. Ooh, okay. And she's like, oh, there's no, like, secret trick where, like, I kill Granny and then, you know, Jesse's head falls off or something. And <laughs> Lady Boyd very specifically goes, no harm will come to Jesse. Ah, shit balls. And Tulip Good. doesn't ask any fucking questions. Yeah. And if you remember from my story of the pilot episode, we saved Tulip while Mama Lady Crazy Pants made some concoction of her body parts and then drank it. Uh, and then it was implied later that if he kills grandma, Tulip also dies. Okay. Okay. But Tulip at this point, I don't think knows that. Which is not great, because Tulip's gonna Tulip. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Tulip gonna Tulip. She's gonna murder that lady. So the episode ends with Cass is gone, but probably not very far. Tulip and Jesse are vaguely on the same page finally. And Tulip has a plan, but it might get her killed. Sounds fair. Cool. And I realized while watching it, I like put it off for a really long time. I professionally watched it at work like an adult. Um, I actually like the show. Oh, nice. Okay. But like it takes a bit for me to like work up to watching it. And I yeah. think that's because I didn't like the last two seasons so much. But I think that Tulip has a lot more going on this season. She's got a lot more agency. She like leaves and makes her, mm-hmm. makes her own calls. I like that she has this weird side relationship with God you know, so I think that she's getting a bigger part, which mm-hmm. I kind of like. I like that Cassidy isn't just following around Jesse and doing whatever he says. Um, so he also has his own agency. Yeah. Um, so I am enjoying it a little bit more. That's great. I'm glad. Um, it closes with the Saint of All Killers, who basically got whipped to the point where you can see his spine and ribcage. Yes. That's not great. Okay. So not great. But I mean, it's hell. It's hell. Yeah. You um, know, he do. made a deal with the devil. <laughs> You know oh man, well those, those go. always end well. Super well. Um, that if he takes, if he goes and finds two people who have escaped from hell, Hitler and. Oh my god, I forgot about them. Uh, Eugene. Eugene. Yeah. Hitler Holy shit. And, the, my assumption is it's Hitler and Eugene. I'm not stupid. If he goes and brings back Hitler and Eugene to hell, he can have his guns back and kill any preacher he wants. Because now that God is gone, the devil wants to expand. Okay. But he can't do it if people are escaping from his realm or whatever. Fair, fair, fair. fair. So, The Saints of All Killers is on the trail of Hitler and Eugene. So, that's not great. Fine with it. Poor Eugene. Poor Eugene. Yeah, but also Hitler. So I mean, great Hitler, but I hope somehow that, like, Eugene gets saved or something because, like, he didn't belong in hell in the first place. Oh, No, we should just dress somebody else up to look like Eugene, and then he can go to hell. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm pretty sure that's how hell works. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, that's a, definitely Eugene. Yeah. Put a Eugene a, wig on him. It's not a Pomeranian in a wig. No. And that was Preacher this week. Okay. Cool. Neat. So uh, we're back next week with all five of those shows again. We're yes. almost out of Cloak and Dagger because we'll be covering episode nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually... We're almost out of Jessica Jones. Yeah, right? 11 out of 13 for JJ. So we're rolling through. And what are we gonna? Can we do shitty movies again? I could just sleep for like two months. That'd be so great. If we get down to like one or two, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we could do a shitty yeah. movie. Three or above. Uh, what shitty we'll movie see. should we do? Just watch Green Lantern again. No, no. <laughs> Didn't we just, talk? We talked about something. Watch isn't Green there, Lantern every week. Isn't there a Swamp Thing movie that we've never seen? Yeah, I think there was an old one, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Not that old, from like the two thousands. Really, Honey Bear 
That's almost 20 years ago. Yeah, that's... Well, there's a 1982 one. Stab me in the face. I just did with my words. Yeah. No, well, okay. Yeah, there's one from 1982. Ooh, wow, with a $2.5 million budget. That's going to be pretty. Uh, It's good that they gave them that much money for a character who's covered in grossness. There's a TV series. Yeah, who knows? We'll see. Wasn't there one about a, a black dude who was like the knight or something? blade no i fucking know who blade is no it was like the visor or the hat or something the hat no it wasn't the hat obviously i'm gonna look at it <laughs> oh you know what we could watch jonah hex <laughs> oh my god no okay anyway that is our show hopefully we do not run out of tv to watch and talk to you about <laughs> jonah hex we will see you next week same bam time same pow channel bam pow Fun! Fun!